It's the Out of Your League Modcast, presented by Great Iron Fox. And here are your hosts, Vivian and Milton. Oh man, I'm feeling pretty ill, man. <laughs> My immune system must have been affected after I lost 9 out of 10 games this past week. And I was so mad on Monday night, you know, CMC's value seems to have been going down. There's too many mouths to feed there in San Francisco, so I'm not getting too many points of this guy. AJ Brown, the Eagles, you know, they're soaring low. I have a bunch of them, and they almost lost to freaking Ted Lasso again. Then you got the World Cup on, uh, Thanksgiving's kicking in. Hey, well, so at least I have a good excuse, you know, to stay tomorrow. Just watch football and football, both. So it's going to be epic, that's for sure. But I'll keep my, my mouth shut, Vivian, because, you know, anyways, my throat is kind of swollen today. So let's get it going. All right. Yeah, it's going to be a good week for sure. Thanksgiving is the best football adjacent holiday. So let's start with some news and injuries. Okay. Um, so breaking news yesterday, the Cardinals relieved offensive line coach and running game coordinator Sean Kugler of his duties following an incident in Mexico City on Saturday night per Cliff Kingsbury. So this just came out yesterday. There's been no details as of yet on exactly what this incident in Mexico City uh, was exactly. It doesn't seem related to the game since he was sent home prior to the Monday night meltdown that the Cardinals had um but there's obviously been speculation you know given the fact that the team was in Mexico City about what what exactly went down um what happened seems pretty serious unfortunately doesn't seem like we're gonna find out on hard knocks because reports also said that following his release they have also been scrubbing all the footage surrounding the so-called incident so very scandalous um pretty shitty that we don't get to find out on hard knocks like what's what what is the point of a mid-season hard knocks with all this drama if we don't get the the dirt like i want the tea okay they i don't think they they didn't cover off on Eno benjamin and now this is being scrubbed like what is even the point of hard knocks (laughs) And it's like censored. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. Um, So a couple of uh, waiver news. Uh, Melvin Gordon was waived by the Denver Broncos early in the week. It looks like he has cleared waivers and is now officially a free agent. Um, There's been speculations on whether or not he will get picked up and by what team. Honestly, I I know that Denver was kind of you know his second chance, but man, like it, it's 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 a tough position to be in because he is the fumble king. Like he just fum- the amount of times that he fumbled at the goal line was just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And you feel for the guy because it's like you have one job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. True. You have one job, um, and you just you can't get it done. I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see if he gets picked up by another team um, now that he's a free agent. Then Sean McVay said coming off of Sunday's game that running back Daryl Henderson Jr. felt a little something in his knee before Sunday's game in New Orleans, which is why uh, Kyron Williams and Cam Akers were taking majority of snaps. But I really think, like, for whatever reason, Sean McVay just has it out for because yeah hates the guy because he was clearly the better back over cam acres we look like shit all season and then now breaking news last night daryl henderson was officially waived by the rams so again i think this (laughs) this bit of news backs up uh my suspicion that there's some sort of personal vendetta for some reason um from (laughs) mcveigh towards henderson um i do feel like Henderson could get picked up off of waivers, so we, we yeah. shall see. Um, there's been a lot of discussion and just uh, people jabbing at the fact that Daryl Henderson might get picked up by the Broncos. <laughs> that makes sense. It, it does It does make sense. You know, I, I think he definitely 
second chance. Um, he was really held back by that offense. I think he could be a solid, maybe not, you know, maybe not the guy, but he could be a solid back running back too on some teams, on mm-hmm. some running back needy teams. So we shall wait and see. Okay. Meanwhile, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott told reporters yesterday that he reached out to free agent Odell Beckham Jr. to let him know how much they want him in Dallas for this stretch run. So reports are saying that they are expecting OBJ to make a decision sometime this week. So Mm -hmm. we shall see. I I don't know what would be the best landing spot for obj i mean cowboys sound good they want him i don't know kind of cool yeah i mean he obviously wants to go to you know a playoff contender um cowboys are playing the giants this week so tomorrow so you know he may even have a reunion with the giants i don't know i guess it depends on who wins tomorrow right (laughs) (laughs) that's true um so yeah wait wait and see i do think that wherever he goes it is going to have fantasy impact not necessarily that you want to pick him up you might because he wants to go to you know a playoff contender um but it's gonna have impact on your fantasy teams because wherever he goes he's gonna take work away from the Mm. existing wide receiver room like he has to because they're probably mm-hmm. going to pay him a lot of money, you know, and he is talented. We don't know what he's going to look like coming off the injury, but um, I expect it to to be a headache for us fantasy managers in the coming weeks. Yep, yep. Um, on to injury reports. So the Cardinals did not activate Hollywood Brown for Monday's night's game. He remains on the IR. Um, it looks like they will probably hold him until after the week 13 bye. Same thing with Kyler Murray. He is reportedly not returning after until after the week 13 bye. Depending on the injury heals this week, honestly, I think it makes sense. It's a hamstring injury, and as we've seen from other hamstring injuries this season, they can be very impactful. Looking at you know Keenan Allen, Kadarius Tony, who has never played um, except for like two games this season. Um, so we shall see. The Giants did place uh, rookie oh, wide receiver Wandale Robinson on the IR for a torn ACL. So there's another case for OBJ. <laughs> Yep. Premium. They really, they really need, they really need receivers in on the Giants. Like the Giants are winning games purely off of like fantastic coaching by Brian Dable, but like the like the talent on the team, it's very limited. Um, Broncos running back Chase Edmonds suffered a oh, high boy. ankle sprain on Sunday and is being placed on the IR as well. So this just um, re-emphasizes how displeased that organization uh, was with Melvin Gordon. Like the fact that they have Chase Edmonds on the IR now. Um, Mike Boone, he may or may not be coming back off the IR. Then you got Latavius Murray and that's pretty much it. And then they waived Melvin Gordon. So I don't know. Maybe it's Maybe Daryl Henderson. <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, Falcons also placed Kyle Pitts on the IR due to a torn MCL that would require surgery, along with uh, defensive lineman Taquan Graham and offensive lineman Justin Schaefer. So three guys going on the IR for the Falcons. I don't think much of any uh an impact from a fantasy perspective he is Kyle Pitts will score as much points uh, on the IR as he has pretty much <laughs> all season <laughs> much. Oh, man. um t- yeah talk about draft bus damn yeah one of the biggest out there um okay <clears throat> Justin Fields uh mixed reporting all week from him he did get injured in the game on Sunday so Matt Eberflus said that he considered Justin Fields day to day, but would not rule out the possibility of his injury being ending. And now the team is saying they're optimistic he plays on Sunday. Initial reports said that he dislocated his shoulder that and he played through it, but now the updates suggest AC joint sprain, not a dislocation. So 
Very mixed reporting. I don't know if Everflux understands what day-to-day means. You can't say someone's day-to-day, but then also say like he may never play again the rest of the season. Like that's just like what? What's going on? I just don't know if I get to start him again or not. Come on. Yeah. Poor coach speak. Um yeah, I guess just wait and see. Um, Andy Reid says that Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a high ankle sprain and is expected to miss time. Um, Kadarius Tony oh, again, suffered another hamstring injury against the Chargers on Sunday. It's his third hamstring injury on record. He's also expected to miss time. So, again, those hamstrings killing us this season. Um, Greg Dortch is getting an MRI on his thumb per Cliff Kingsbury. So more updates to come probably later today or tomorrow. Joe Mixon left Sunday's game with a concussion. I don't think he is expected to play this week. You know, we've talked about the concussion protocol after what happened to Tua. So I think just expect him to sit for the week. That's the assumption, Mm -hmm. even though they haven't officially announced it. Lions rookie wide receiver Jamison Williams returned to practice on Monday. Um, so, I don't know, potential stash, I guess, if you're playoff bound and you want to take a take a flyer on someone who was super talented coming into the draft um, and then just obviously has been dealing with that ACL. Running back Joshua Kelly, uh, knee injury was expected back in practice this week, Brandon Staley said. He's eligible to return from the IR. Jamar Chase is said to return to practice this week as well. Wow. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford is back in the concussion protocol. So we will get another week without Stafford on that um, abysmal offense. Um, then more quarterback news. Ron Ver- Rivera says that we are going with Taylor Heineke. As to why Heineke, they ask. He said winning. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, somebody with, you know. Common sense. Common sense, yeah. Uh, he said that he spoke to Carson once, and it was a good conversation, once understood. Um, but he is designated to return to practice this week. Uh, Jets head coach Robert Salas had said that they were evaluating everything and aren't committing to Zach Wilson as this week's starters against the Bears. And as of mm, now, 15 minutes ago, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson has officially been benched for wow. 12. So Breaking. Um, in terms of the depth chart, you know, Mike White had been moved ahead of Joe Flacco. And, but what, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, you know, it depends on what, what kind of game script they want to run on, on this week. If they want to go with Flacco, who is a little, obviously a little bit more experienced or go with, Mike White. The great news is that both White and Flacco have a tendency to um, do a lot of dump offs. So I think value for the receiving core on the Jets just went up as of like 15 minutes ago. Nice. (laughs) Um, Texans head coach Lovey Smith left the door open to a quarterback change this week also potentially going from Davis Mills to Kyle Allen that has not officially been announced quite yet and Sam Darnold has been named a week to our starter for the Panthers. They called it back in the day. It's back! All right, that does it for our breaking news. Amazing. Let's get it started. No bye weeks. No, we have a lot to cover off today. This is our Thanksgiving special. We're, we are taking a bye week tomorrow. Um, yes. Just one episode this week. Um, so super episode. So we'll start with week one matchups. I want to run through all of this pretty quickly um, as much as possible. Um, so week 11, you know, we had the Thursday night showdown, Titans, Packers, Packers just got their asses whooped, um, final score, 27, 17, the Titans, these guys came out swinging. They demolished any hopes the Packers had of getting right after that big win against the Cowboys last week. Um, Tannehill opened on an eight play touchdown drive that included a great 35 yard gain downfield by Traylon Burks. And then there was another 
brilliant 55 yard bomb to Burks, uh, approaching the two minute warning to really seal the deal. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry was ab- absolute monster as usual. He had that big jump pass to Hooper that was absolutely insane to watch. Um, and, you know, I think the takeaway from this game, like we know this has always been a run heavy offense in that Derrick Henry pretty much carries the team. But even in the past, they were able to support A.J. Brown in terms of fantasy. And I think Traylon Burks is finally showing us something. We said coming into the season, him and A.J. Brown have a very similar play style. So there is a chance that he is emerging as that guy. So good outlook for fantasy looking forward, I think. Mm-hmm. For the Packers, on the other hand, they really struggled to move the ball early oh, in the man. game. The, the Titans' defense, just absolutely relentless in pressuring Rodgers near his own goal line. Um, I mean, like, Randall Cobb was back. Watson has been emerging. And obviously, like, Alan Lazard is Alan Lazard. He's shrugging off that injury. Like, Rodgers had plenty of weapons at his disposal, and he just couldn't get it done. Um, the Titans' run D is actually one of the best, so not much from the running back room here either. I think the only notable thing from the Packers side of the ball was that Christian Watson um, had another week of impact for this offense coming off of that uh, previous week where I think he had three touchdowns. Still only 73% rostered in Yahoo League, so if he's available in your league, maybe look at grabbing him. Okay. Um, Bear, then we went into Sunday's games. We had Bears Falcons 24 27. Uh, Fields had another great day, but for whatever reason, the Bears just cannot close the deal. Um, I know, <laughs> the, sad. The, the, the Bears have become so electric to watch. It's like the, the Bears and the Lions kind of switch roles. I don't remember if we talked about mm. this last week because in the beginning of the season, like. The lines were so electric to watch, um, and they just couldn't close the deal. They're, they are making a comeback, but the Bears feel like the Lions right now. Um, the game ended with a Fields interception on a pass that went through David Montgomery's hands, um, but both guys still had great days for fantasy. David Montgomery, without Khalil Herbert, played 80% of snaps, uh, 17-23 running back carries, 75 routes run on 32 Justin Fields dropbacks who had 17 for 67 and a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and then three for 54 receiving results. So for the receiving core, if not for an overthrow, honestly, Darnell Mooney was also set up to have a big day. Cole Komet was pretty solid. Still only a couple short targets to chase Claypool, which is kind of interesting. You know, I kind of joked heading into this week that the, uh, the Bears basically only picked up Claypool to f- screw with the Packers. <laughs> And then I think yesterday I saw a headline that the Bears traded their own second round pick to the Steelers for Chase Claypool at the deadline, beating out the Packers that had made a similar offer. And for th- the last three games of the team, like he's only caught five passes for less than 35 yards. So I don't know. Maybe my suspicions are true. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds. Yeah. Um, on the Falcons, like, it was an okay passing day, a solid run day from Mariota. It is funny, though, like kind of watching the difference between him and just Fields. He had a number of open running opportunities, but just kept having a hard time finding the right hole to hit, um, which wasn't an issue for Justin Fields. The backfield here was a bit of a, a mess in this game, as was the receiving core. You know, Drake London had the one touchdown grab and then the kick return touchdown from Cordero Patterson. That was really all it, took for the Falcons to take this one away um and then we had Eagles Colts this was crazy 17-16 the the Eagles almost got exposed here like really really sloppy play in the first half um great job though like props to the run the Eagles run defense for turning it around you know after the previous week where they had Derrick Henry just run all over them and then Justin Taylor did the same thing right on the opening drive. They really got their shit together and they managed to lock him down the rest of the game, which helped the offense get going a little bit. Um, Hertz still had a good fantasy day, but the backfield performance left a lot to be desired. AJ Brown got peppered early and often, but only one big catch. And then Kez Watkins caught the only uh, receiving touchdown. I don't even know. Yeah, it's, it's, you, you know, it's a fluky game when you got guys like Kez. Quez, Quez Watkins, like, <laughs> making the touchdown. You're like, who? Um, 
the Colts side, honestly, Matt Ryan looks solid. He did a good job spreading the ball around. Pittman and Paris Campbell were 1A, 1B. Uh, just Jonathan Taylor, like I said, would have had a bigger day if it weren't for the adjustments made by the Eagles defense. They really just did not allow the Colts to break in the ends or in the red zone after that opening drive. So that's how they came up with the win. And then we had this, oh my God, this terrible game. The reason why (laughs) Zach Wilson is being benched. So Jets Patriots final score is 310, 3-10. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson completed only nine for twenty-two. Nine, nine out of twenty-two for seventy-seven yards, a career low. And then it was crazy because on Monday, sources inside the Jets locker room uh, said that Zach Wilson was walking around after the game like, like, quote unquote, like he isn't the problem, and it rubbed more than a few guys the wrong way and frustrated others. You know, the Jets defense, elite. They were they did a phenomenal job at stopping the Pats um, offense. And then the Jets offense just could not do shit. It w- must have been so frustrating. And, um, like, if you listen to the post-game interview, like, Zach Wilson is just, like, so smug. And, you know, they asked him, like, if he felt like he left the defense down. And he was, like, basically, like, no. Nope. And he, and then he was like, "Well, it was really windy out there." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what? Like what the fuck? Like Mac so, Jones too. Yeah, it was <clears throat> really, really bizarre. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe all those milfs are getting to his head. I don't know. Weakens the legs. Big, I don't know. Giving him a big ego, but um, yeah, it's no wonder he got benched after this performance. I think Patriots. Good performance from Mac Jones. Obviously, like we just talked about, Jets defense was amazing. Uh, Both running backs looked great. Jacoby Myers remains the only reliable, solid fantasy player in this receiving core, and that's really all that there is to talk about for this game. Mm. Um, Then we move into Commanders-Texans. So final score is 23-10 for the Commanders. You know, Heineke had some mistakes in this game and it really could have gone very differently if they weren't playing the Texans. Um, He looked a little off um, on Sunday. I think Antonio Gibson is still the guy, even though the coaching staff really wants Brian Robinson Jr. to be, but really great use of Curtis Samuels and Logan Thomas in this game. I think Logan Thomas is one of those streaming tight ends with upside because they use him a lot in the red zone and he's done really well in good matchups for tight ends. And then Terry McLaurin, of course, had a big impact on scoring drives that helped the Manders get the win. On the Texas side of the ball, Davis Mills obviously is not the answer. The defense is dreadful. The coaching is bad. And what we learned from this game is if Damian Pierce can't run the ball, it's good night, Texans. Um, I think very disappointing day for Damian Pierce owners, but I'm I don't think there it's time to panic on him. You know, this was kind of always in his range of outcomes playing on an offense that is shitty. I think he still dominated in snaps. He had 13 opportunities and was included in the passing work. So um, you're probably looking at his floor. This is what happens when they get t- tough matchups unless they make an adjustment on their offense. Um, then we move into Rams Saints. The final score was 2027. Um, Matthew Stafford is actually able to move the ball pretty well early on with uh, Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson and really leaning heavily into the run game. But obviously, after a sack in the third quarter, he left with a concussion, did not return. That's when this offense really fell apart. Allen Robinson looked sharp and early in the game. Higby struggled to get open against the Saints secondary all day. And then the backfield, of course, was a mess per usual. Um, Cam Akers actually did okay. This was probably his best game of the season. He was averaging like four yards per carry, which isn't stellar, but it's decent. For the Saints, this was probably uh, one of the best days that Andy Dalton has had as of late, you know. And Alvin Kamara had a quiet day uh, going up against the fourth best run defense in the NFL, but I don't think it's something to worry about long-term. Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Juwan Johnson all found the end zone. 
I think Juwan Johnson has repeatedly come up clutch for New Orleans despite only three receptions. I think he's someone to watch um, as a streaming option. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you definitely want to look at the the matchup because he, he's been trending up in the last couple weeks in terms of his usage. Then we had Browns uh, t- Bills, 23-31. The Browns started off strong. They were looking like they were about to give the Bills a run for their money, but in typical Browns fashion, they lost momentum. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was actually pretty solid. In this game, Kareem Hunt was the more efficient back, but his longest rush was just 11 yards. They just couldn't find any space to keep the ball moving mm. forward and get in rhythm. Uh, Bill's defense did a great job keeping Chuck Ch- Chubb in check all game. Um, and then Amari Cooper, he finally, he finally broke that weird trend of him only being efficient at home. Like, I think this was his best uh, fantasy day all yeah. season, and it was an away game to our surprise. Points, God. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, if you watch the game, it looked like he was Brissett's first read on every play. Um, I do think he has really good value um, moving forward. Whether or not you believe in, you know, the guy that's coming back, <laughs> I think it'd only be better. I mean, Brissett. Brissett has been doing decent, but we know the other guy historically has been a better quarterback. And they paid him a lot of money to be the guy. So I used to call him by his name. I like this. <laughs> well, we do, not, we, do, we do not speak of no. that guy. <laughs> yep, we do not. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, kept in check for most of the game to a late score to set up the eventual failed onside kick for the Browns, which cost them the game. Um. For the Bills, Josh Allen was slow to start, but he still made really great plays. The good news is this week he hasn't been practicing with that elbow sleeve, so it looks like that injury shouldn't be an issue um, this week. Singletary, he was a workhorse against the Browns' poor run defense. The receiving core, I feel like, didn't really have to do much. So what you're likely seeing from these guys is the floor. And honestly, like those are pretty decent floor numbers, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll say is, you know, the Browns defense, obviously still very good, very solid. Uh, it seems like they're working through some injuries in the secondary. So as of now, they are good, but not, I wouldn't put them in an elite tier. Okay. Um, then we move into Panthers Ravens. The final score was three thirteen. uh, for the Panthers, you know, the Ravens really bought up the run game. Baker Mayfield sucks. And DJ Moore has no signs of life with him at center. And that's pretty much it. Nothing happened on the offense. So. Nope. Horrible. <laughs> um, the Ravens honestly didn't play great either. They only needed 234 yards of offense to get the win on this one. Um, the only notable thing, I think, was Demarcus Robinson. You know, 28% target share. He pulled in all nine for 128 yards. Without Bateman, Robinson has clearly overtaken DuVernay for the Ravens' top wide receiver. But I think he's a volatile uh, bi-week streaming option at best since this team doesn't like to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. True. Um, then we had Lions-Giants. So the Lions got the win, 31-18. Goff ran the offense that was built around the running game but made very few plays that were meaningful as a quarterback. Um it was interesting because this game was a three-way split in the backfield, but Jamal Williams is currently the NFL touchdown leader with 12 touchdowns on the year. He's getting lots of usage in the red zone. Following behind him is actually Travis Kelsey and Austin Eckler, both with 11. I think he's become the back to own in this backfield. DeAndre Swift, unfortunately, has been relegated to running back two flex status. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously the Lions' best pass catcher, Easily could have scored a touchdown with his red zone opportunities, but just didn't quite make it for this game. The Giants, a poor showing by Daniel Jones after a nice touchdown drive early in the first quarter. I think the Lions did a good job stuffing up Saquon, so he didn't have a big day. Darius Slayton, he was a decent play, great route runner. And then Wanda Robinson finally had the big game that we've been waiting um, all season for, but now his season is over, which is very sad. Oh, man. 
Um, then we had Raiders Broncos. Final score was 22 16. So Raiders get the win. <laughs> um, yeah. The offensive line play was an issue for Derek Carr in this game, but all things considered, he played pretty well. Josh Jacobs was a stud. Devontae Adams is a stud, even up against Pat Sertain for the Broncos side of the ball. Um, here's a fun fact for you Russell Wilson only has two more touchdowns this season than Joe Flacco, who hasn't played <laughs> since week three. Interesting. Very <laughs> In case you're wondering how well Russ has been cooking. Um, Latavius Murray scored a season-high 17.2 fantasy points on Sunday against the Raiders. He was probably the hottest waiver rider pickup of the week if you were indeed a running back now without Chase Edmonds or uh, Melvin Gordon. Cortland Sutton had a great game despite being held out of the end zone, and then Greg Dulcich really wasn't involved that much because Russ actually had other options open downfield in this game. The Raiders' defense is just that bad. Um, then we had Cowboys Vikings. This what happened here? The Vikings got exposed, I guess. Uh, final score is 43. 42 three. Um, I was I saw a tweet. It was both funny and sad. This guy, he's like lifelong Vikings fan, and for uh, and I've never been to the game and. My wife finally bought us tickets, and we went to the game on Sunday, his first Vikings game as a lifelong fan. And uh, I think that means that he can never go to a Vikings game ever yeah, again. He's banned. I would ban that guy. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> um, Cowboys, Dak played nearly <laughs> a perfect game. Uh, Zeke and Pollard split carries and both scored two touchdowns. You know, Tony Pollard is the fourth player since 1990 with at least 75 rushing yards, 100 receiving yards, and two touchdown receptions in a single game. Um, he joins Joey Galloway, Todd Gurley, and pro football Hall of Famer uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> He's now totaled 464 yards and six touchdowns in his last three games. Absolutely amazing. Um, amazing, yeah. This receiving core pretty much caught everything that was thrown their way, but no one really put up huge numbers because it was really the run game all day. And then on the Vikings side of the ball, I mean, the Vikings offense literally did nothing, and the Cowboys defense is elite. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, Bengals, Steelers. See, you know, I honestly, I think I enjoyed this game a little bit more than Chiefs Chargers. I wish they didn't flex this game. Well, at least they wore their nicely uniforms. They had them all prepped, and they had to, you know, couldn't flare into the whole world. Yeah, they had the all white, right? They were like Siberian tigers over there. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, thirty-seven thirty for the Bengals side of the ball. Uh, Joe Burrow diced up a healthy Steelers defense. They did have T.J. Watt back, so really great job by Burrow. Mixon had a couple of nice catch and runs early in the game. Was in position for a big day, if not for the concussion. And then Samaja Piran became a workhorse by default, and he did pretty decent, I would say. Um, Higgins played well. Boyd and Hurst, they both stepped up when called upon. For these Steelers, I think this is a pretty typical outing by, by Kenny Pickett. Talented, but a lot of rookie mistakes. Jalen Warren, he exited the, early in the game with a hamstring injury after catching his lone target, which meant that Najee Harris actually earned the bulk of the work at running back this week, and he actually delivered for the first time this season. But just in, in general right now, um, the receiving core, what it looks like without Claypool, is Pat Fryermuth is getting 30% of target shares, 32% air yard shares. George Pickens is getting 16% of target shares and 28% of air yards. And Deontay Johnson, only 16% of targets and 18% of air yards. So I feel like at this point, if you're in an 8-10 to 10 man league, Deontay Johnson is droppable, is borderline droppable, if not droppable. Steelers have juicy matchups ahead, but Farmuth and Pickens have been the 1A and 1B in this passing offense. Um, then we moved into Sunday night. This is... I feel like every time we see the Chiefs Chargers, we're watching the exact same game. Yep. Like every every time. 
the final score is 30-27. What happens every time is Chiefs start out kind of wobbly, Chargers score, and then they kind of go back and forth. Chargers take it, and then like towards the end, but there's always enough time for Patrick Mahomes to be Patrick Mahomes, and then they come out at the very last second and steal it from the Chargers. Like, that, that's the game. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a scripted game. Like, I don't, that's why I'm like, I don't want to watch a, you know, a primetime game where I can literally write down like the script of the outcome. Like, it's stupid. Um, Couldn't agree more. <laughs> The Chargers, Justin Herbert, solid as always. I think having Keenan Allen back was a huge difference maker for him. Uh, He was on a snap count until Mike Williams got hurt. Eight targets for 26.6% target share, which resulted in five for 94. Joshua Palmer had a great day playing wide receiver two behind Keenan Allen. He brought in 80% of his targets to go over 100 yards, including two touchdowns on the night. Um, he seems to honestly be, play better as like the one B. Like when there's a wide receiver one, like someone's more talented in front of him, he plays better. I don't really know why. Um, and then obviously a decent outing by Eckler for the Chiefs. Mahomes back to being quarterback one on the year with 269.4 points through week 11 in fantasy. Uh, minute and a half, all he needed to win the game. Without Juju and Miko Hardman, uh, Justin Watson ran 37 out of 38 Mahomes dropbacks versus MBS, who ran 29, Sky Moore 16, and Kadarius Tony, who left early with an injury at 9. And then, of course, Travis Kelsey now has the most games with 100-plus receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history, surpassing Gronk. Oh. And Isaiah Pacheco came in with the Chiefs' first 100-yard rusher since week four of last season. So anybody who still believes that Pacheco is not the lead back is incorrect. That would be me. (laughs) I was wrong. You're wrong. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. Um, Then we go into Mexico on Monday. That was was a fun game. Uh, 49ers Cardinals 38-10 was the final score. Uh, Garoppolo had a great day. He threw four touchdown passes, including two each to Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. CMC and Mitchell split the carries. CMC got the bulk of the work in the first half. Mitchell started to get work in the second half. Uh, both had really great fantasy days. I think the atmosphere, honestly, in Mexico City just looked electric for Niners fans. It was really fun to watch. Um, for the Cardinals, like they just can never get the full band together. Seems no Kyler or Hollywood. Now Hollywood is coming back. There's no Ertz. Potentially no Rondale Moore, um, who left early in this game. Just a mess. This offense is coupled with poor coaching by Cliff Kingsbury. I I just started watching the midseason Hard Knocks too, actually. And wow, what an unlikable guy! Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? What? I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the only notable stat line from the Cardinal side of the ball is really that Greg Dorch had a season high of 103 yards against the 49ers. And Colt McCoy's 47-yard pass to Greg Dorch was actually the longest offensive play for the Cardinals this entire season. Sad, sad, sad. Very sad. <laughs> hey, we got to go to Mexico, get a trip, get some great food, feel the love of Mexico yep. City. <laughs> All right, let's talk Ooh. Thanksgiting week matchups. Um, righty. I pulled the lines yesterday mornings and they or yesterday afternoon, so they may have changed. Um, but we got three Thanksgiving games. The first up, the morning slate is Bills at Lions, which I I don't know if they ever said if the Bills just stayed in Detroit during the week. I would expect so uh, since they were already there. True. Yeah. Um. But the Bills are the nine-point favorites. It's an over-under 54. Um, Bills, obviously, this entire offense is startable in the matchup. Lions are giving up the most points to opposing fantasy quarterbacks, 10th most points to the running back position, 6th most points to the wide receiver position, and 3rd most to the tight end position. And then on the Lions side of the ball, Honestly, for this offense, I'm looking at just Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal Williams moving forward. I think, you know, DeAndre Swift 
an elite talent, but Jamal Williams is clearly the RB1 on this offense and his usage in the red zone limits Swift's upside. I think he still remains a decent running back to flex play, but the hopes for him to return to running back status is long gone. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bills got to win this one. So, but all I pray is for a big shootout. That's all I want for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I think the Bills should take this um, pretty easy. Um, But the the Lions are looking scrappy. So I hope this is a, this is a really fun game. I wish it was kind of later in the day though. I like waking up early. Um, <laughs> then we have Giants Cowboys. The Cowboys are also the nine point favorites. It's over under 45 and a half. For Giants offense, it's really Saquon and no one else. And even with him, I expect more on the, the floor side in, ser- in terms of points scored than the ceiling. The Cowboys is the sixth toughest matchup for fantasy running backs and should have no problem stuffing him up. Um, Darius Slayton is a flex option, I think, versus Dallas, but he should have better opportunities the rest of the season. I wouldn't start him in this matchup unless you really need somebody. Um, but I think he should be good. There's no, I mean, there's no bye weeks this week. So um, for the Cowboys, Dak is in play. Zeke and Pollard are in play. After the last few weeks, I think Pollard is just a permanent lock and you're running back to flex position. He's been up. He's my lock for my my flex position um, in the last few weeks. C.D. Lamb is in play. Michael Gallup, a flex. And then Dalton Schultz should be a tight end two on the week. It's going to be a great freaking game. I'm excited about this one, but I'll take my hero pick here and go with the G-men. All right. I'm going to take the Cowboys too on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we go into Patriots and Vikings. The Vikings are the two and a half point favorites here to over under 42 and a half. For the Patriots side of the ball, Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers both have solid floors. Uh, Damian Harris also a good flex start with the Vikings ranked 18th against the run. For the Vikings, I mean, Kirk can only play one PM games. That's <laughs> that's it um but justin jefferson Thielen, cook uh tj hawkinson you want all those guys on your lineup but i do believe that Thielen's performance will be capped by the patriots corners if there's one position that bill belichick has an eye for talent for it's cornerbacks um and Thielen, he was always the go-to guy on third downs and in the red zone but in the last couple of weeks, TJ Hawkinson has been getting a lot of those looks lately. So I do think his ceiling is a little bit more capped as of late. Justin Jefferson will obviously be fine because he's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, even though he gave me three points last week, but still. Prime time <laughs> Kirk. Yeah. Sucks. Patriots, they're very weird. Feels like a flick for the coin to me. So I'm gonna actually take a second here pick here on the Thanksgiving uh blow uh, not blood, but um Upset and the Pats win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the Vikings get their Thanksgiving miracle. I guess. Um, <laughs> I do. You know what's really? I do remember last year, the Thanksgiving game, when they were doing the post game interviews and they had that spread. I forget who it was, um, and they were just chowing down on like that huge turkey leg. I don't know if you remember that. It was the someone on the Bills. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move into Sunday. Texans, Dolphins. Dolphins are the 13 point favorites, so over under 46. For the Texans, I think Damian Pierce has obviously carried you this, this far. I think you should continue to start him unless you have better options out there. The Dolphins are giving up on average 16.8 points to fantasy, uh, fantasy points to opposing running backs. And the good news is, like, Pierce really has no competition in the run game for this team. Nico Collins could be a good flex option for you. The Dolphins currently rank 22nd against passing yards. And then for the Dolphins, obviously, you can start this entire offense. Uh, the Texans' defense is pretty much non-existent. Easy game. Dolphins, duh. Yeah, definitely the Dolphins. 
<laughs> that's for sure. Uh-huh. Um, then we move into Bengals Titans. The Bengals are one and a half point favorites. It's over under 42 and a half. So Mixon, I expect to be out this game. So I think P Ryan is a start here. He is a true handcuff. Even with Mixon um, in most of last week's game, he had a solid day. The Titans are tough against the run, but I think you can start him for the workload. Plus he's trusted in the passing game. And then, obviously, Joe Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, those are all starters for your fantasy team. On the Titans side of the ball, Derrick Henry's a start, and then I would say Traylon Burks is probably a flex. And I'll take, just to jinx the Titans, I'll take them to run over the Bengals. (laughs) I will continue to take the Bengals, since Uh you can't. Then we move into Broncos Panthers. The Broncos are the current favorites. It's a two and a half point spread over under 35. So for the Broncos side of the ball, the Panthers are allowing on average 17 points to the running back position. And, you know, during Latavius Murray's time with the Broncos so far, he has had at least 10 touches in every game. That number should go up now probably see like 15 20 and there's touchdown upside for him if the broncos ever make it that far down the field um so i think this is a good case uh it's very similar to the samaje piran case where you know you are starting him for the work the workload that he's going to get Cortland sutton he has been the leading receiver the last two weeks for this offense without jerry judy he's a solid flex option with upside for more if of course russ and the coaching staff can ever draw up and execute a respectable game plan but that's a big if broncos defense obviously phenomenal probably my defensive start of the oh. week against sam darnold <laughs> cool. um panthers dante foreman is the only comfortable start on this team but even then you're looking at probably low end running back to production with a tough matchup against the Denver's defense and what's projected to be a low-scoring game. So this is like another toilet ball. Pretty bad. So I guess I'm done with Russ Wilson. I'm rooting for Sam Darnold. Let's just go. Uh, freaking Panthers. Yeah, I'm not exactly looking or rooting for <laughs> Russ either, but I do think the, uh, the Broncos are the better team here, which is... A, a very <laughs> rare yeah. declarement. Very okay. low confidence. <laughs> wow. Um, then we got Bears Jets. I wonder if this line has moved. I feel like it has probably in the last, it just like in the last like 30, 40 minutes we've been recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it was originally Jets are the favorites, four and a half points, 39 and a half over under. You know, I think Bears, Justin Fields, if he, it looks like he'll probably play. I think you can still start him. David Montgomery, who will continue to take on the workload without Herbert, is a start. Uh, Darnell Mooney will be a flex at best this week. I think he's either going to draw coverage from Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed. Both are pretty, pretty good. Cole Komet, he is expected to be kind of middle of the pack, tied into on the week as well, just due to the Jets defense being so good. And then with the Jets side of the ball, Michael Carter will be your reliable start here against the Bears defense. They are giving up on average 21.8 points to opposing fantasy running backs. Um, not expecting a big day from anyone else on this offense, but I do think the receiving core probably gets a little bit of a bump to potentially becoming flex options for you with either Mike White or Joe Flacco coming in to save the day and then obviously Jets defense is very elite and you can start them with confidence oh the question is will my boy Justin Fields play uh if so I will take the Bears so far it's a tough call I think this game is obviously more interesting now that Jack Wilson is not playing I don't understand the Bears why they keep losing (laughs) When they're playing, uh, when they are finally playing so well, um, I I will take the Bears, but oh. I will take the under. Okay. 39 and a half. I feel like right. it's going to be a very defensive heavy game. Yep, that's for sure. 
Um, this is a kind of a shitty slate. Uh, Falcons, Commanders. The Commanders are the favorites. Uh, it's a four-point spread over under 42. I think you got three guys on either side of the ball. For the Falcons, it's Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, Drake London. And for the Commanders, you got Antonio Gibson, Scary Terry, and Curtis Samuels. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, let's take the what the F team. I mean, they're 6'5 somehow. I don't even know, but the better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on the Manders for sure. Um, then we got Bucks Browns. The Bucks are the three and a half point favorites here to over under 43. Um, for the Bucks side of the ball, I think the Browns defense has explosive pass rushers, but one of the league's worst run defenses. I don't know why. The Browns are such a weird team. But I think Leonard Fournette, we haven't had any um, reports of a setback from his injury. He should be good to go. Rashad White should be good to go. They should both have um, pretty decent days. It'll be interesting to see how they use both backs in this game now that they've come off the bye week. You're still, I think you're still starting Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I do think that Tom Brady can still make some good plays, even against a good uh, pass rush. And Kate Otten, I think he will be a tight end two at best for this week. For the Browns side of the ball, they face a tough matchup against the Buccaneers defense, who are ranked sixth in air guards allowed and 15th against the run. Um, Nick Chubb, obviously, a start here. There really is no upside for Kareem Hunt here behind Nick Chubb, who he struggled all season. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver two flex options for you. Then the tight end, um, the tight end position is actually the Buccaneers defense's only weakness. So I think David Njoku, you know, he is coming off of that injury. He was limited a little bit last week, but assuming his snap counts increase this week as he's kind of working back in from that injury, he should be a tight end to fringe tight end one on the week. Uh, let's just jinx the Browns and I'll pick them to win because, like you said, games in Cleveland just turn ugly. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with the Browns. Why not? Oh, double jinx. Like it. <laughs> oh, Tommy boy. Um, Ravens, Jaguars. The Ravens are the four-point favorites over under 45 and a half. For the Ravens, Lamar and Mark Andrews, of course, are starts. Kenny and Drake without Gus Edwards would be a running back too, but I think that if Gus comes back this week, that backfield gets very, very messy. And then DeMarcus Robinson he gets a really easy matchup in Jacksonville. I think he's a wide receiver too on the week. For the Jaguars, Etienne is a start. Great slot matchup for Christian Kirk, and he will probably see some good volume. And then Evan Ingram is a good streamer with the Ravens being vulnerable middle of the field. Uh, this will be a tough game, but at the end, the Ravens win. I'm going to pick the Jaguars. Oh. <laughs> Why not? Wow. Let's just Hero let's pick. just spice it up a little bit. All right, I like it. Um, then we have Raiders Seahawks. The Seahawks are the three and a half point favorites. It's over under 47 and a half. For the Raiders, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams obviously smash plays. So Foster Moreau, a potential streamer with the Seahawks giving up the second most points to the fantasy tight end position. And then on the Seahawks side of the ball, the Raiders have a very porous passing defense, which means that Geno Smith, uh, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf should all have really good days. Kenneth Walker is a start. And the Raiders against tight ends is just as bad as the Seahawks against tight ends. So expect mm -hmm. either Disley or Fant to have upside on this week. Okay, yeah, let's take the Seahawks. I feel the Raiders will still be high, you know, after their Super Bowl win from last week. So they're still like celebrating. Yep, I'm with you on that. The Seahawks are also, they just been a better team all season. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chargers Cardinals, the Chargers are the favorites here. Four and a half point spread over under 47 and a half. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. Um, starts for sure joshua palmer i think he will be another good flex play with upside since the cardinals like coverage is just suspect at best it's not even there um gerald everett if he isn't hindered by that growing injury this is the best possible matchup for the tight end position that you can get all season the cardinals 
are number one in points allowed to opposing tight end positions. And then for the Cardinals, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, he continues to be quarterback proof. James Conner probably is start running back to flex. And really, that's like their entire offense if Rondale Moore isn't playing. The Cardinals suck so bad. The Chargers get a feel good win here. Yeah, I think the Chargers take this one as well. The Cardinals are just such a bad team. Um, then we have Saints Niners projected to be the Niners win with a nine point spread over under 43. Uh, for the Saints, Alvin Kamara, uh, is a star. Chris Olave, he is the real deal, but he gets a really tough matchup in the SF. Jarvis Landry, I think, is a flex, and then Juwan Johnson coming off, you know, a big week, obviously. And is Dalton's first look in the end zone. I would say maybe sit him on this week until there's a better matchup. For the 49ers side of the ball, Jimmy G, he has a safe floor here. He's actually had a safe floor all season. He scored at least 16 points per game, and we just saw his ceiling of 25.4 against the Cardinals on Monday. So he is a good uh, streaming quarterback option for you. CMC, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuels, George Kittle, all find a spot in your lineup. This offense is just really good for fantasy. And shit, even the defense is good for fantasy too. <laughs> yep. Uh, trap game? Eh, you know, they're coming up of a high too, but not sure. Let's just keep it agnostic. Yeah. Um, then we have what's projected to be a blowout. Rams at Chiefs. Ugh. Favorites. Uh, 14 and a half over under 44. Rams, I, I mean, I guess Allen Robinson or Higby potentially a flex play if you're looking for some garbage time points and you're desperate. But otherwise, I would sit the entire offense um, <laughs> and the defense. For the Chiefs, you got Mahomes, you got Kelsey. The Chiefs likely won't run the ball that much in this matchup, but Pacheco is the back to own here again. Uh, the receiving core is a little bit messy without Juju, Hardman, and Tony, but based on last week, I guess uh, order priority would probably be Justin Watson and then MVS. Yeah, this would have been a great game last year, but now it's sad. It's going to be sad and the Rams get rammed. Yeah, this I don't even want to watch this game. Ugh. I mean, I'll probably be watching the Niners game. It's going on at the same time. I think they both have uh, 125 <laughs> kick kickoffs. So thank God I don't have to watch this game. <laughs> yep, you can focus on that. Yeah, we'll just look for the red zone highlights on this one. Yeah, there. Um, Sunday night football, Packers-Eagles. The Eagles are the seven-point favorites. It's over under 46. Uh for the Packers, the matchup isn't great versus Darius Slay, James Bradbury, but I think Alan Lazard and Christian Watson should see good volume and have a shot at garbage time touchdowns. Um, Aaron Jones, obviously, is the start for running back position. For the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is a start. Miles Sanders should have a better game with the Packers giving up more on the ground as of late. And then A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, you can start both of them. It's going to be a tough game. I don't know. I feel Packers kind of show up a little, but in the end, the Eagles win. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. You know, that I feel like this week there's a lot of matchups. It's like when you go into it in the beginning of the season, you probably thought they were going to be pretty good, and now you're just looking at them and you're kind of like, eh. Yeah, like the next one. Yeah, I don't like eh, Like, I don't, I don't want to Who wants to watch this? Steelers, Colts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, Colts are the favorite, two and a half point spread over the 39. Um, I guess it's kind of good after a weekend. Oh, yeah, a long weekend of binging and drinking and eating and watching football. Like, you get to just show out and watch this game. Uh, yeah, two and a half point favorites for the Colts over under 39. Let's see. I think Steelers, as we learned in the recap, the order of priority for this offense goes Fryermuth, Pickens, then Najee. Um, Deontay Johnson should ride your bench with the Colts only giving – they're giving up the second fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So um, even if you think that Deontay Johnson is worth the hold, this is not the week to start him, I don't think. And 
for the Colts side of the ball, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and Paris Campbell should all have good days with the Steelers giving up the second most points to the wide receiver position. Wow. And I do feel like the Colts take this one. Honestly, I'm very impressed by Jeff Saturday and what he's done um, with his offense because, I mean, they, they kept it close against the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles had a sloppy play last week, but they're, they're looking good. He's Probably a leader of men. He's a leader <laughs> of men, just like Ted Lasso. So, yeah, I like the story. Let's take the Colts. So, <laughs> well, that's it, folks. We're almost over an hour, so that's pretty good for all the stuff we've talked about. So, let's wrap up this Moncast. Thanks, Vivian, for all the content. I hope something at least sticks in you know, on all your insights and I get back to giving thanks for winning. You know, there's Thanksgiving. So, with no teams on the bye, we gotta be like Daryl Henderson and Melvin Gordon. They'll be with their families eating some turkey. And we're done here.